0: The Big Small Business Show is proudly brought to you by Saika. Choose a difference maker, choose a chartered accountant. The Big Small Business Show, proudly sponsored by MTN Business.
1: Welcome to the Big Small Business Show. This is the show for all our entrepreneurs out there who are trying, despite all the red tape and uh, all the taxes and all the things that we have to submit and get through on a monthly, weekly, seems like a daily basis, in order just to survive. To all of you out there, I take my hat off to you because you're still out there and you're still pushing through. Well, that's a great introduction for our show today because I've asked two of our regulars to come in today to talk about matters that concern us in terms of SARS, in terms of red tape, and in terms of that home office that you've been claiming your rebates for and your tax refunds for and all those things and maybe it was okay before and uh, maybe it's not so ca- okay now. In studio with us, uh, we have one of our regulars uh, at Senior Executive Taxation at Saike. It's uh, Peter Faber. Welcome.
0: Thank you very much. Mom.
1: So, what has changed since, uh,
0: the, the, let's call it the, the last tax cycle? What has changed is a lot of people working from home. I mm. think that's the one. Yeah. The other is obviously a lot of people starting off their own businesses. So you have a lot of people who have lost their employment and therefore now have to start businesses running their businesses from home, which has absolutely brought this to the spotlight and saying, but how do we then get this tax relief? And
1: and so things that we were asking for before was, um, you know, the rent. okay, And if I had a bond, I would, you know, charge int- the interest on the bond I would put through as also part of my expenses and uh, my stationery and all those kinds of things and uh, even maybe all the drinks and food that I might be providing my clients.
0: Yeah I think to conceptually divide this into to understand that there are three types of categories so you get people who are in full employment that receive normal salary, then people who are in employment but mainly receive variable remuneration like commu- commission, etc., And then there's the third, just your normal business that you're running from home. Importantly, all three of them, as you said, there are two categories of expenditure. There's the actual dwelling or home expenditure, so the stuff attaching to the actual property. And there's all the other business expenditure that you need to consider. And those are two separate discussions. But I think for this one, let's focus on the the building, which I think that's the more controversial one, even though the one impacts the other. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the question is, so if you're in employment, you've got a very narrow, limited amount of things that you can claim as the starting point, whereas if you're running your own business, there are still certain things you can claim, but there are certain rules that still apply, and I think that's what people need to appreciate. And if I'm employing somebody and I'm working from home and the person I'm employing
1: is working from their home, then I need to know what their t- tax regime is as well so to understand what they can claim and so what is their net
0: remuneration as well. Correct. You will actually enable them. So if they're working, for example, you're... Uh let's take an estate agent and you've got some agents with you and they working from home, etc. So understanding that they might be able to claim certain things. But I think importantly for the small businesses, um, the prohibitions on certain deductions when it deals with the premises applies to any private dwelling. And I think what catches people out sometimes when they just run a normal business is they forget that their house on, especially if they haven't rezoned those properties. I think that to me is quite important. If you haven't got a business premises, then that's still your private dwelling. The fact that you're trading from it from a business perspective doesn't suddenly change it into a, for tax purposes to anything other than your house. Mm-hmm. And then the same limitations, namely that you have to exclusively use certain areas and you can only claim certain prorated based on floor space, etc., apply equally to you. So I think that from a normal small business point of view, just because you're trading from a house, if it's a private residence, the fact that you trade from it doesn't automatically make it into a business premises. Let's just touch
1: on the, the example I used about the, the bond and the interest that I was previously claiming. I don't work from home but I'm speaking about many of our viewers out there who have been doing this. So is that still allowed?
0: So if you're a normal business, so I think the big limitations we saw with a interpretation issued by SARS saying that they would not allow historically the interest you could get prorated based on the floor space that you exclusively use for your trade. And they took the position that this was a different section of deduction and therefore you couldn't. Um, We've taken and looked at, re-looked at it and concluded that the relevant section that revenues of the opinion that this is under is actually not applicable and therefore the prohibition doesn't apply and that you can still claim the interest. I think the biggest challenge, however, that most people fail, and I think the Commission has noted that more than half of the claims were disallowed, is the requirement that you have to exclusively use that space. You can't have it and do your children's homework and all sorts of other stuff. I think that's more problematic as a requirement for all businesses is this exclusive use of an area. You need to have a seriously big house to have an exclusive area that's equipped and used just for that purpose. And what about parking? So let's say you were a professional who had clients,
1: can you uh, allocate a, a parking space to them and,
0: and claim that? hopefully the parking space is within your property if it's on the municipal property probably not Um, nothing in the act it talks about a dwelling or house so unless the parking is probably part of the dwelling so if it's just part of the property um, it's probably arguable that it's not part of the dwelling or house it talks about dwelling it doesn't talk about premises so that's the whole property but if it's let's say under as part of the garage that you've reserved as part you potentially could argue it is part of the dwelling and therefore claim it once again if it's exclusively used, you can't then use it over weekends for your own guests or over weekends for the family. It needs to be exclusively used for the purpose of that trade. And then
1: I come to the question about the proof around this. So How do I prove that I don't use, or I prove that I do use? Uh, and what you, there's many claims that we are allowed to to make working for Mum. What what is the is there a new burden of proof on us as, as taxpayers to prove? that uh, we are allowed to have these uh, tax deductions or is it the same as before? Has it
0: got harder? Are they wanting more? Yeah, I think the burden to a large extent is exactly the same. I think, but because the volume of claims obviously escalated in the last few years, revenue are focusing a lot more and asking, asking a lot more validation questions. So I think that's what people are experiencing is where previously you would not face vast amount of audit questions, et cetera. Now, given that it is a focus area, as the Commission had noted, that they are specifically, look, if you claim it, I think the statement was, there's a 100% chance you'll be audited. Uh, you don't even have to guess it. If you claim a home office, you will be audited. And I think that is now people's perception that there's more. And I think there are obviously a lot more questions in unpacking, especially on this exclusive use, given that that's the main detriment to solve. A lot of questions will try and focus on whether you are actually, and the only way you can do this is by questions. I mean you can't even, sometimes even a site visit and saying, but we go there and we can see you storing your children's toys there, etc. But I think to a large extent it goes to questions and actually trying to unpack, unpack this whole issue of exclusive use for the purposes of that trade. We've got a minute left. Um, I just want to come back to the ancillary
1: uh, things that one, one might be able to claim electricity is so expensive right now. I've got a three-bedroom house, I'm using one bedroom exclusively for my work, really legit, that's my example, right? Can I take one-third of my electricity and attribute it now to, to my, my business
0: use? Correct, so in your example, let's say a third of it you exclusively use, any costs related, repairs and maintenance, electricity, the cleaning costs, Uh, In our view, even the bond interest. Um, Anything that's related to that dwelling, or that premises, that is, you'll have to, you can attribute to them, and then obviously what you'll then use is for those expenses directly to the premises, you'll have to apportion based on the floor space. So yeah, it's a third, you'll get a third. So yes, you can get this, and obviously all your other expenditure will be subject to the normal rules. Your cell phone, your stationery, etc., you'll have to see whether you qualify, and that depends whether you're in full employment. Mainly commission earner or just running a small business. So Peter, what are the uh, tax implications if you sell your house? So I think importantly, Alon, the fact that you are trading out of your house. Now, currently there is tax relief if it's your primary residence or the primary home where you stay. There's a lot of tax relief on the capital gains tax element to that. You're saying, obviously, we don't want to tax people on where they primarily stay. Now, if you are using it partly for trade, what will then happen is that proportion of it will be excluded from this relief. So then you'll just take that proportion of the proceeds, which say, let's say you get 4 million for your house, 10% of that's 400,000 Rand. You'll deduct 10% of the base cost, the original purchase cost plus repairs or improvements from that and what's remaining will only be subject to tax or relief on the normal capital gains exclusion. You won't get any other primary, so that might end up that you actually pay tax on that portion of your house. I think that even in the interpretation notes SARS reminds people there is a tax consequence if you claim home office and it never lapses. So even if you stop trading in two years or three years time and you live there for 20 years, you're still going to be liable for that apportionment cost.
1: I think those are very important things to, to think about before you are using your home office as tax relief to understand all the implications, both positive and negative. Thanks, Peter Faber. Thank you very much. Um, and I think I think to enable ourselves with tax understanding is so critical for us to make better decisions as entrepreneurs.